power of the youth should never be overlooked. Greensboro sit-ins in 1960, university uprisings in 1968, Vietnam War protests. Fast forward to some more recent news like March for Our Lives, Flint Water Crisis, the Fridays for Future movement, which was created to bring awareness to climate change, the Black Lives Matter movement. All of these movements have brought to light the power that is in the voices of the youth. And I'm not just talking about college and high school students either. All of Generation Z has been pushing for the change that we want to see in this country to create a better future for all. Because at the end of the day, we are the ones who will be left to clean up the mess created today. I always wonder, what is it that keeps the youth going and fighting for this change instead of doing what adults like to say, staying out of grown folk business? In today's episode, I had the amazing opportunity to interview Corinne Sola Oye, a political science and history major with a minor in African studies at Howard University. She's the founder and executive director of an organization called The 50, an organization that aims to eliminate the issue presented for marginalized college students on a national platform. She is also the co-founder of an organization called She Can Make a Difference that teaches young girls the power of their beauty. Recently, she has visited her hometown, Lagos, Nigeria, to hold a retreat regarding self-love to help young girls build their confidence. Currently, she is working on a campaign called CPD out of CCS, calling for the removal of police surveillance in schools. She is a strong advocate for restorative justice for students. So let's check out what she had to say. Hey y'all, my name is Koinsula Oye. I'm a rising junior at Howard University. Currently right now, I'm a community organizer um, and I organize around getting police departments out of our city schools. Specifically, I've organized around getting Columbus Police Department out of Columbus City Schools. And now we're working to make that a broader statement for other schools within Central Ohio. Y'all, when we talk about student activists who are really doing what they need to do for the community, Queen Sola comes straight to my mind. Like, I was thinking about making sure that I create an episode about how the youth are really the face of movements. Like, we really are the ones pushing for the change we want to see in our futures. And Queen Sola is the perfect example for that. So that's why I brought her on the show. Girl. You, first off, she goes to Howard. Let that be known. The real H-U- <laughs> and um i just there's just so much i've seen her do around campus as well and then on social media just her using her platform to be a voice for people who may not feel like they have one um so queen sola i wanted to ask you how did you get into this role of activism was this something that you were always passionate about or is this something that you know through the things you saw you're like okay well let me step up to the plate yeah, definitely. I think as Black people specifically and as Black women, unfortunately, I feel like a lot of people have the option to choose to be involved in the community or involved in activism. And I feel like we unfortunately aren't given that access. Like, we have to do it to defend our livelihood. Um, and I think one of the first things that made me realize, like, the systems of America continue to oppress Black people, I think was 2015 when my uncle got deported back into Nigeria and he's been living in this country for more than I've been alive. So like for almost like 25, 26 years. Um, and when he got deported at the time, I was so perplexed as to how this could happen when someone was in this country paying taxes, doing their dues, um, and they got deported. Um, and they actually sent him to a detention center uh, for for quite a while, I think for like three months. Um, and when we went to go visit him at that detention center, I think it was pretty, like it was, I think it was a really a big realization for me at the time um, about what America can do to black bodies. Mm -hmm. And I think it was 
especially realization because I think growing up because I grew up Nigerian and my parents are very Nigerian unfortunately like for a lot of the times my parents tried to separate blackness and being Nigerian and it's not separate it's very much the same thing um and it, yeah and I think with blackness there's obviously different aspects different ethnicities like there's different things about it but I think because there was such a neg- negative perception of being black. My parents took that with us and they tried to grow that into how they taught us. Um, but once I started to grow, I realized like, and of course, because I was mixed in the culture, like there was no way I couldn't understand and identify as black. But I think that realization especially taught me that like, it doesn't matter. You are black, period, wherever you go. Right. I'm um, an oppression will always be there. So you are fighting against the oppression that is constantly attacking you, and especially in this country. Because they don't see your Nigerian first before they see your black. Right. They see your black, period. So I think that experience with my uncle was what really like had me going on my feet to start getting things happening in my community. No, I definitely feel you with that. I feel like a lot of the time we try to separate our Africanness and our blackness when in reality it's the same thing. And especially in times like these, I don't really understand why we're still putting our titles um, and making them such a big thing to who we are as people. Even in the Nigerian culture, Yoruba and Igbo. Oh, I'm Yoruba, oh, Igbo. Like, <laughs> we're all Nigerian yeah. though at the, at the same time. So um, yeah, definitely just making sure that we realize that we're all one. Especially in times like these, we cannot allow ourselves to divide ourselves within our within us. I was gonna say within ourselves, but that was like three times ourselves. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I definitely feel you on that. It's just the truth. Like, I just don't know why we're still doing that. And I'm like, yo, it's 2020, baby. Like, right, it's 2020, first, baby. Like, like upgrade. I, mean, right. I tell my parents all the time. I'm like, like I think now they're starting to understand and identify with the idea like being black because I'm like I'm so sorry to break it to you sis but you're black like <laughs> like I know it's hard like to understand the concept but you are black like right. you look black you are black right. and it's like people don't get it and it's like I think especially for our parents especially like because they came here like it's harder to understand that concept like I mean I came from Nigeria so I'm Nigerian but I said I I'm not taking that away from you. Right. You're still Nigerian, but you're still black too. Right. Yeah. I'm not stripping you from that, but I do want you to know that. Exactly. My man's over here. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Growing up, did you feel like you had like role models in the role that you are in now? Did you feel like you had somebody to look up to, whether that be like a celebrity or even somebody in your own community? Yeah, definitely. I feel like, I had a lot of role models um, in my community. And I just think the Columbus community, because I did not even know this was a thing, the Columbus activist organizing community for really just like shielding me in. Like, I feel like they saw what I was doing. They like made a great bubble around me of people to support me in whatever I do. Um, And I think a few people like um, Amber Evans at the time, she was a organizer. We weren't as but she would always talk to me. I remember um, when we were planning an event for March for Our Lives in Columbus, I think it was my senior year of high school, and she came in and we were just talking about like 
violence in schools and all that. And you know how some people just have that aura, like of just like greatness and like you can hear them and you can understand them. And it's like instant connection. And I felt that with her, like it was like an instant connection. And I knew if I ever needed something, that was the person to call. That was a person to go to because she was just so good at working with the youth. And she like really inspired me into furthering my work with students as well, because I feel like student organizing or student activism, like organizing with students specifically on a certain issue. Like I've done a lot of different organizing work, but that is the hardest thing I've done, especially with high schoolers. That is the hardest thing I've done. So it's like, I think her mission and her ideology of like how to move students to be excited, willing, is really what pushed me into like further into activism. Um, and I think like people like there's her name, her name is Awia, um, and her name is Awia Sharif. And I am really moved by her because she's been doing this for a long time as well. She I remember when we used to talk all the time she was telling me that like she did this for ten, almost 10 years now. Mm. Um and I think what was so moving about what she said was the fact that I was just like, 10 years, like, how are you, like, okay and happy and doing this in 10 years? Mm. I was like, girl, it's like my third year out here, third or fourth year, I don't even know, maybe five or six, I'm confused. <laughs> but I don't even know, I lost count. Right. But it's been a long time, and I'm out here every other day, like, crying, <laughs> because, like, it's a lot to take in. It like, is. Taking all the weight of the world and like everything happening, like you, I feel like a lot of organizers internalize that. And then I feel, I remember her reminding me every day, she's like, you got to take it one step at a time and you have to take one issue at a time because you can't, you can't take down 400 years of oppression. And I think that's the one word I still stick to, to like when I'm feeling really out of it or I'm feeling sad, you cannot move 400 years of oppression. You are one Mm -hmm. person. One person. Right. So I think those two people, those two black women specifically, have really helped me and shaped my organizing and especially shaped the shape the worldview of how we organize students specifically. Mm, that was that what you said was really important because I feel as though a lot of young people right now take what's going on in the world and expect the change to happen tomorrow. And it's hard because that you will put yourself in a state of mind that is so depressing. I I'm a student, I organized with students as well in high school. And like you said, it's the hardest thing ever. But trying to be that person who is always going to be like, we can make the change we want to see. We can make the change we want to see. But then when you start to get your, you know, your um, group hopeful that the change will happen tomorrow and then that pressure is put on you and the change is not happening, it can... A little overwhelming, if I may say, because a bit, a bit. <laughs> right, just a little bit, just a little bit, you know. Bit. And I think it's important that we have role models that are able to tell us, like, "Hey, I understand what you're trying to do, but you gotta take it one step at a time," because it really will not change the way you think it's gonna change. Um, something I wanted to ask you is that you mentioned how you organized with high school students, and also you started this at a young age. Um, I feel, and maybe I don't know about your story, but I feel a lot of the time when I was trying to organize things, for example, the March for Our Lives, um, people would try to make me feel incompetent because of my age or because I'm a woman. Have you ever been made to feel incompetent? Every single day, like Mm. every single day, people make me feel incompetent. Like I feel like I was like once when I was in high school, it was very 
the obvious. I remember um, in high school, I think my sophomore year, I think, no, I think it was my junior year. Mm. My junior year, we went to the school board. Our school, I went to Columbus Alternative High School. It was like a lottery school. Um, that's beside the point. But basically, <laughs> our school was falling down. Like our, our building was crumbling every single day. We had no AC. People were passing out every other day. Like it was so hot. Oh so we went to the school board and we're like at the school board meeting, speaking our minds. Like we're saying what we have to say. And we told them like, this is unbearable. And if you ever had to experience this, you wouldn't. Because you're in your office with AC while it is 100 degrees outside and people are fainting in these classrooms. Like, that's disgusting. Mm. Um, and I remember, they're like, well, you're so young. Like, you just don't understand, like, the idea of having to get new buildings and the money and stuff like that. And they were saying, like, oh, one day we'll come to your school and we'll see if we can sit through it. Like, this isn't a joke. Like, I'm not laughing. I'm being so dead serious mm. right now. Like, there's nothing to joke about. People are actually out here getting hurt because of this. So that was an experience in high school. And I feel like, unfortunately, it still goes on and on and on. Mm. So for me, like, working with this or um, organizing to get cops out of school, I'm currently, I'm 19 right now, but I'm turning 20 in August. But yep, well. I <laughs> Okay, period. Okay, I'm turning 20 in August, but people undermine me all the time. They DM our page and they're like, well, do you really know what is going on with the Board of Education? Like, are mm. you really aware? Like, girl, what do you mean am I aware? I know, I'm reading this every single day. Like, if you think this isn't what I do, <laughs> then I don't understand what you think I'm doing. And it's like, no disrespect to them. I think it's just out of what people think they should do. Like, I feel like it's so common that people do it often, but it's disrespectful to me because mm. it's like, I will say like working on this campaign takes up half of my day, literally half of my day. I wake up, I do a check-in with the team, we go do our work, and then I probably have a meeting with like the students. So it takes up a lot of time on my day. So it's like, I find it disrespectful when people be like, well, I don't want you guys to get too excited about this victory because it's not a full victory. Baby, I know, I know, I'm aware. <laughs> okay, like you could have kept that one in the drafts. Right, in the drafts. <laughs> like just, it's just so rude. Like sit in your corner and just watch. Like mm. if you're not gonna come and support me, just sit in your corner. No, literally. I feel like a lot of the time, um, age, age is nothing but a number, sweetie. I can be what? 20 right now, but let a 50-year-old know what's up, okay? I don't really... And it's like, the thing is, people always assume that just because um, we haven't gone through experiences because of our age, or we don't, we don't know how to analyze or understand what's really happening in politics, like, what they don't realize is that this is directly affecting us. So we know what's happening. You guys are just sitting here making the laws, but their laws are affecting us. And at the end of the day... Who is taking over the country when you guys are gone? Like, y'all, okay, y'all don't live y'all lives. It's about to Literally. be our turn, but y'all about to leave us with crap to have to clean up. So we might as well make it change, make the change we want to see now before we have to work so hard and the change we want to see is just going to be, like, far down the line. Like, we have to pass it on to our great-great-grandkids. And that's not what I'm trying mm. to do. Um, so y'all can keep y'all comments to yourselves, okay? For everybody... Who be trying to say that we're not literate enough? Keep that to yourself and go read a book, please. Keep it. <laughs> Keep it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I, 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 suddenly, I can't hear. I can't right? hear you. <laughs> Child, let me like, turn the other way. 
<laughs> Literally. I think I'm under. Right. Talking about, like, making sure that, um, as young people as well, I do think it's important that we do stay educated with everything going on so we're not just spreading, fa- spreading false information. How do you recommend young people, especially when it comes to politics or things that's happening with the Black Lives Matter movement, like defunding the police? Some people might not understand what that actually means. Um, how do you recommend people going about finding that information to learn and educate for themselves? Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of the times what you can do if you see someone what I really suggest people to do if you see someone posting it about it I feel like you can ask I would ask because like there was a lot of stuff I didn't know I was like oh you know what does that mean can you like explain it to me can you send me an article about it it's simple as like sliding up and asking someone because that's what like organizers and activists are here to do like that's that's our job if we can't send you articles if we can't send you materials if we're too like closed off on doing that then what are we about and i'm not gonna lie sometimes it's a bit hard when it does come from a white person because it's like well maybe you should already know this especially (laughs) racism i'm like well baby where have you been (laughs) but I think a lot of the other things like terminology or understanding of defunding the police, because this is a lot, this is new for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if you're really confused, if you're like, I don't understand this, DM someone and just mm-hmm. literally DM someone that you know have been posting about this and they got you on various materials and if not literally DM me <laughs> I will give you the materials I'll give you the resources and a lot of the stuff even for me that I'm learning every single day like I feel like people just have this idea that I got it like that mm-hmm. and I don't <laughs> but I'm learning like I don't know everything like I'm still learning every single day and I think a lot of the terminology unfortunately once we get into like leftism or yeah literally leftism it's really terminology that not everyone understands so it's like a lot of that I try to like break down for people because it's not easy like the other day like someone wrote about fascism and it's like I feel like if you're a political science major or if you're like centered in politics or like it's easier for people some people to understand but not everyone just understands what fascism is like you know you have to explain it and like that doesn't mean you're like you're not aware it just means that you don't know and that's okay so i think like breaking it down for people at least um and giving yourself space to answer people that have questions is always a good thing because if you're what you're writing is inaccessible to people then What's your point? Right. <laughs> right. And I definitely like what you said with um, just making sure that people slide up. Also, don't rely on just one source. Like, don't rely on one person to give you all the information because exactly. they may be wrong or maybe that's not the point of view you're looking for and you want to find out more aspects of it. Some things are just not you know, clear as day. Sometimes you yeah, have to exactly. read multiple things to understand it. And so, yeah, definitely um, making sure that you go look for that stuff yourself. Don't just depend on one person to be the source of information. And also, mm -hmm, and also it's okay to not know. Nowadays, people be acting like they know everything in the book and they be spreading so much false information. Just be quiet if you don't know. Just be quiet. It's okay. Like, literally, it just be, it makes me mad because like, I feel like, Twitter really makes me weak. I feel like people force it so much. Mm -hmm. Like, baby, I know you don't know. I don't know either. So this is why I'm 
someone go read my article and I'm gonna read the article, <laughs> take a piece of the article, maybe I'll post that, but mm-hmm. I don't know, and that's okay. Right. Like you don't have to speak on what you don't know. It's right. not it's not a force. Nobody's nobody's forcing. <laughs> nobody's forcing this. <laughs> Blink twice if someone is forcing it, but Blink, honey. Leave it in the trash. <laughs> maybe next time. <laughs> right. Um, next caller, please. Next caller. Please. <laughs> please. Queen I wanted to ask you, what are your hopes and plans for the future, both personally and for the work that you have going on right now? You literally do so many amazing things, even outside of just, you know, um, being the activist that you are for your community. I know you write for Team Vogue. I know you just, you just do a lot. And really, it's so amazing to see, especially Black women, just in their own space and owning it. When, when Black women own their space... Oh my gosh, that's what I want to see. You know that Joe Scott me. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) That is me. I I just love when black women own their space just because who's going to appreciate us more than ourselves? You know? I mean, like... Like, at this point. You know? But um, I wanted to ask, like, what do you have coming up? What are some things that you have in store for the future? Honestly, what's in store for the future? Hmm. I think my biggest goal for the future, at least for the CPD out of CCS thing, um, team organizing. My biggest view is like I honestly I'm a I think in like ten years. So like every mm-hmm. time I think I think of like a ten year plan. Mm-hmm. And at least for this campaign, I think once we get the cops out of school officially, because we will. We're halfway there, but we will get the cops out of school officially. I think we need to also start removing ideas of policing in our schools. I mean, I think that's so important and like specifically for students, because I think like people are like, okay, once you remove police from school, what else? Like, okay, your teacher could definitely be policing you. Mm -hmm. Your principal could definitely be policing you. Like it's like different notions and to provide teachers like training and stuff like that. Um, specifically to help them understand perspectives of students of color. I think that's something I'm really looking forward to to doing in the next 10 years. And I really want schools to become a safe space. Like, Mm -hmm. I want schools to become a safe space, especially public schools. Because I want, in the future, when I have kids, to be able to go to public schools and not have cops in schools and to be able to be like, yeah, I love my public school. Like, Mm. I can't say that. (laughs) School, I hated it. Mm-hmm. But I want students to be able to say, I love my public school mm-hmm. and I'm officially ready to go off to higher education. I'm officially ready to go off to vocational school. Like, I want students to be able to say that. And I think that's something I'm really looking forward to implementing in my community. I think for the future for myself, whew, I don't know. I don't know what's in store. I definitely know. In the next 10 years, I want to get my law degree so I could be my law bag. Come Literally on now. Back- that's what I want. Like, <laughs> and I think I'm so excited for that specifically because like, I think the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing now is because I see the structure of our government and I want to be in those positions as to help people that aren't given the benefit of the doubt. Like, mm-hmm. that's why I want to do that. So yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm excited to be in my law bag. I'm excited to really just be on my grown woman <laughs> lifestyle. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Those are a few things. And I really want to, this year, I kind of really took a break on writing because a lot was going on. 2020 was a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really want to get back into that, like towards the end of 2020 and into 2021, because I feel like it did 
bring a lot of peace for me and it helped me like center myself and mm-hmm. articulate to a lot of people different perspectives um, of organizing, of activism. And I want to provide that again for people. So that's just a little a dabble dabble of <laughs> what I think. That's just a little bit of the greatness that you guys should <laughs> expect from me. Okay? She being humble, but let me hype her up because that's just a little bit of the greatness y'all about to I'm see come right. from this amazing black woman, okay? <laughs> Queen Sola, you are really going to get all the bags. All of the bags, okay? You're going to need a chiropractor after because your back is oh. going to be aching from all the bags. Period. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like, but we can't end this episode without asking you. This episode is, or this podcast is called Well, This Is Awkward because we all go through some awkward things in life. So, Courtney Solo, what are some awkward moments that you've had maybe while doing activism work, or even just in high school or college or doing whatever, <laughs> that made you look back and you're like, well, this is awkward? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm really trying to think. Mm, something that was extreme extremely awkward okay let me think oh i have a great awkward moment i have a great awkward moment my first protest i ever planned i didn't tell my mom actually so basically on wednesdays at cause the school i went to you get to go to your internship like Mm -hmm. you get to go to your internship and do what you want for wednesdays you don't come to school Mm -hmm. So that night, that day, my mom is sending me off to internship. She's like, okay, have a good day at internship. I'm like, girl, like, okay. <laughs> so I go down to the state house. My friend and I, we planned a protest. We said, you know, we're planning a protest against Trump because he put in the Muslim ban mm-hmm. at the time. I'm like, you know what? We're not even doing this with him right now. Forget him and his little friends trying to like, get rid of Muslims in this country. Like, we're going to protest. Mm-hmm. So we plan a protest in front of the state house and we invite all our school friends, like everyone. So there's like, a hundred of us that we are supposed to be at internship and none of us are at internship and then the that afternoon they interviewed me and i was like yo this is gonna be on tv like <laughs> my mom is gonna see it like i have to like tell her in advance and like the protest is wrapping up and i didn't tell my mom so she calls me she goes Sola, what do you think you're doing i saw you on tv i said girl like relax <laughs> she was yelling at me i said sis what do you want me to do like it's already there she's like you're supposed to be at internship and it was so awkward because she came home she's like that's not funny it's not cute she said trump is gonna come and get you i said nobody's scared of trump and his little friend right ain't nobody scared okay, of him like, nobody's scared of him but now she loves me organizing so right. that was a little awkward moment getting into the activism world and we talk about that all the time because she she literally was so scared. I was like, sis, Trump is not looking for me. And if he is, what's up? Like, right. Who gonna check me? What's up? Who gonna check me? Like, right. okay. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Trump. Do you need something? <laughs> Did you call? Like, Did you call? For real. She was so pressed. Like, let's relax. <laughs> Yo, I'm actually weak, but so thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This was a great episode. I really enjoyed this. And I hope this everyone listening this is great. This was this was cute. <laughs> I hope everyone listening enjoyed this. And where can they follow you at? They can follow me on Instagram at Coinsla M O Y K A N Y I N S O L A M O Y E. 
Um, and on Twitter at Shola Child. So it goes S-H-O-L-A-C-H-I-L-D. So yeah. All right. Make sure you guys all follow her. Again, thank you for coming on the episode. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. All right. Bye, y'all. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode because I know I did. Shout out to Queen Solo for joining me and also make sure you guys follow her on all her social media platforms to stay updated on what she's doing. Also, make sure to leave a rating, subscribe, and leave a comment down below. Maybe about something that you learned. All right, y'all. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.